It's unnecessary roughness. The third and goal, the ball inside the two, and O'Connell's out of the shotgun. Pocket holds to the end zone. What a catch! And he kept his feet down! Christian Wilkerson with the toe tap in the back of the end zone! This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. And just like that, we're kicking off hour number three of the show. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. Of course, it's being brought to you today by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. We definitely appreciate them. Before we took a break to end hour number two, I was talking about Josh McDaniels and what word he was using to describe Jimmy G when he was being asked about his injury and if he was going to be available for training camp. And I couldn't come up with the word. For some reason, it just escaped me. Well, thank you on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r from the 209. He talked about anxiety and how he had none regarding Jimmy's injury, and that's spot on. That is exactly it. I remember being there at the Intermountain Health Performance Center when he said, I have no anxiety. You might have anxiety talking about the media, talking about the fans, but I have no anxiety. That was great. Thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you, and that's one great way to use the don'tbebroke.com text line. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. You could also use the phone line as well as we got Dane Brugler coming up in a few minutes, but let's go out to New Jersey and talk to our guy, Oh, Mitch just hung up. All right, never mind. Well, Mitch, I was right there with you, brother. I was right there with you. I was about to get your call. I was actually going to get you on before I got to Dave Brugler. Uh, oh, he's coming back. Live, live oh, radio, baby. All right, now we're doing I, I live actually, radio. In his defense, real quick, I think it hung up on him. You know, oh, see how you are? Okay, well, hold on. I, I'm, before I get to Dane, I don't want to. I want to make sure because Mitch has been very patient. So I want to definitely get get to Mitch if in, at all possible. Let's see. Give me the thumbs up, Ari, if it's him or not. All right, it's him. <laughs> so this is how we do live radio. Dane yep. Brinkler's like, all right, are these guys gonna call me? What are they gonna do? All right, Ari, you get Dane on the phone. I'll talk to Mitch. Mitch, you're up. What's on your mind? Um, how you doing, Q? I'm blessed, brother. Yeah, me, me too. I'm holding my grandson. He's getting nice. Wanted to be strong as a nose tackle. So I, gotta say is I want I want uh, Aiden O'Connell to be the second string. Okay. And you know Jimmy gets hurt, which you know there's always that twenty percent chance. He'll be starting. I like it. And I want Garbers. I want Garbers third string. Ooh. Okay. I don't want to let him go. All right. Because you know next year, you know Jimmy's gonna be and and Aiden too. They'll be driving a quarterback no matter what next year. And I'm hoping for DJ Ukulele. Anyway, um, I think uh, we're going to have a good offense this year. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thank you so much. I, I do think that the offense is going to be as good as well. Thank you for calling back as well. We appreciate you. Didn't mean to hang up on you. But, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I think that Brian Hoyer has a spot on the team. I really do. I think that his knowledge of the system and the offense is going to help bring Aiden O'Connell along. But I'm with you, and I think that this is gonna would have been the case if the Raiders had drafted one of the young quarterbacks that were at the top of the draft, like a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Just the intrigue of seeing them would have kind of made Raider Nation pretty pumped up. I'll tell you right now, I'm pretty pumped up to see preseason game number three just because I want to see Aiden O'Connell out there again and just kind of see what he, he can do. So that is a tip of the cap to him anyway for making the conversation and even switching the conversation up a little bit than what we thought it was going to be during the uh, during the preseason. One quick text, and we'll get to Dane. Uh, this one's coming from Central Coast Raider. Q, after Saturday's game, we all saw what Hoyer is about. Aiden has earned the second spot. Also, I understand it's just preseason. He's playing against twos and threes, but so are all the other rookie quarterbacks, and the n- numbers speak for themselves. That's a very, very good point. He has outplayed 
All the other rookie quarterbacks, I think DTR in Cleveland has done a really good job as well. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, of course, from Las Vegas, went to uh, Bishop Gorman and also went to UCLA. So thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. Now, as promised, <laughs> joining us on the phone line from The Athletic is our good friend Dane Brugler. He is the author of The Beast, and it is my go-to draft guide each and every year. And as a, as a uh, subscriber to The Athletic, I get it delivered to my inbox each and every year. And, Dane, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you in your – in your magazine, The Beast, or in your draft guide, The Beast, you had Raiders quarterback Aiden O'Connell as a, as a fourth-round pick, and that's exactly where the Raiders selected him in the fourth round. What was it that you saw from O'Connell that made you feel confident that he was a fourth-round pick? Well, I'll tell you, at this time last year, uh, last summer, was when I first really dove into O'Connell's tape uh, from the previous his junior year at Purdue, and I, I was just, I was, okay, there's something different about this guy. Uh, in my summer preview last year of the quarterbacks, he was my top or uh, second-ranked senior. I mean, I, I was high on him since going back to last summer. And then, of course, you know, he put in a, a maybe not a great senior year, but a good senior year at Purdue, his final year. Uh, but nothing that really shook my confidence in him as a player. I think that there's, there are some limitations there, and you see that pretty quickly. Uh, but it, it's what he can do uh, with, with his mind, the way he sees the field, uh, the way he can touch up every level of the field. And, and I think he's just a very confident guy. Like, he, he doesn't matter what happened to play before. He comes back and he keeps slinging the rock. So, um, hey, you know, this is a guy that hasn't been hyped up as the, you know, the guy uh, throughout his life. He, he wasn't, a, he was more of a basketball player growing up. Uh, he started more games in uh, basketball. Then he did football in high school, didn't start at quarterback till his senior year, wasn't a, any type of big recruit. Um, he was going to go play Division Three uh, football until uh, Jeff Brom really made a push for him to uh, walk on at Purdue. Uh, he was the ninth-string quarterback when he got there. So uh, this guy is really – anything that he has gotten up to this point, it's because of his hard work and the way he's positioned himself and what he's done on the field. And so I think that – the, the reason, you know, he had a fourth-round grade for me and not higher was just because I do think there are limitations there that maybe put a cap on how good he can be in the NFL, uh, most notably uh, just a lack of uh, big-time athleticism. You know, he's, just, he's, he's not a statue, but he's just not a quick-twitch guy uh, in the pocket. And, and I think that's something that really bothered me in terms of maybe limiting just how good he can be at the next level. But I, at the very least, I, I really like his floor. I think that you're getting a guy that can be a really reliable backup from day one. He's going to play in the league for 10 years. Uh, and when he gets his chances to get on the field, he's not going to disappoint. You know, it's funny. When the Raiders drafted him, I thought that as, as well. Like, okay, that's probably going to be a glorified backup. And, of course, through two preseason games, and they're only preseason games, he's done really well. And a lot of Raider Nation is talking about him and excited about him. How much of the adversity that he's gone through in his life, as you mentioned, you know, being the walk-on, the ninth-string quarterback, how much has that really helped him develop his game and also develop it between the ears and, and be able to overcome situations? Yeah, and, you know, he's, like I said, he's had to work for everything he's got up to this point, you know, coming from uh, you know, not starting until his senior year of high school and then, you know, not being a big-time recruit and, uh, you know, really just fighting for it, uh, moving up the depth chart. And, you know, he, there's been things that's gone on in his life. Uh, you know, his uh, uh, older brother passed away uh, last November. Um, you know, he, he is, uh, married and, you know, he is a guy that is very mature. Uh, you know, he's an older player too. He, uh, 
Uh, I think he's going to turn 25 next month or here in a couple weeks. So he is an older guy, too. He's a little more mature than your average rookie. So he was ready for this moment to come in and, you know, really uh, hit the ground running. Uh, now we have to hit the brakes a little bit. You know, this is the preseason, right. you know, the competition he's going up against. Uh, you know, we always have to preface that with any conversation about, you know, how well these guys are playing. But for a rookie to step, go, come in there and, I mean, he's been the best rookie quarterback easily uh, in the preseason. But, you know, what does that mean for the Raiders this season? Um, you know, with their quarterback position, um, you know, can he win over the coaches in the meeting rooms? Um, you know, is there any type of leash where uh, on Jimmy and Garoppolo where we could see uh, Aiden O'Connell? I, I do – I'm just maybe my lack of faith in Garoppolo staying healthy, but I just – once the Raiders drafted O'Connell – uh, I think the first thing that came in my mind was, oh, well, we're, we're going to see him start this year. Like, that's just, that, that's a given. That's going to happen. And is it because of, you know, Garoppolo not staying healthy or uh, maybe O'Connell just being that good in between the, uh, between games, during practices, during the week, that they want to give him a shot just to say, okay, what do we have in this guy? So as soon as he was drafted by the Raiders, you know, because that's obviously, we talk about quarterbacks and prospects, you know, where you go and where you land is such a big part of the equation. And so when he landed with the Raiders uh, and that coaching staff with Coach McDaniels and the quarterback situation, I thought that was you know obviously a great fit for him, just a chance to get on the field and show what he has. Dane Brugler from The Athletic is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You know, I've been talking throughout the course of the show today about him earning that number two spot. Right now it's Jimmy G, Brian Hoyer, and Aiden O'Connell. But And I don't want to overreact to two preseason games, but I feel like mm-hmm. this staff should have enough confidence that he could be the backup if need be. Do you, feel the, do you share those same feelings? Yeah, I think so. I, because I think a big part of being the backup is just getting the starter ready, right? It, it's not necessarily about... Um, you know, obviously, if the you know, your starter gets hurt, backup goes in. But a big part of it is just preparing your quarterback, the starter, during the week, and uh, you know, in the meeting rooms, in the quarterback rooms, and you know, putting together game plans. You know, backup's a big part of that. That that that's part of the responsibilities. And a, a guy like this with O'Connell, he's you know, the intelligence that he has, what he brings uh, from an intangible standpoint. Like I said, he's mature. He's already married. Um, you know, talking to scouts that were at that Purdue program last year, they, they used words like coachable and intangibles and a guy that was raised right. And, um, you know, he wants to be an NFL chaplain after his playing days. Like, that's, that's the type of guy you're getting. And so, uh, you know, it, he's not – even if he doesn't start the year as a backup, say they say, you know, we'll, we'll give the seniority to Brian Hoyer, he'll be the backup, O'Connell's the third. It's not like it's going to matter. It's not going to change anything for O'Connell. He's just going to keep showing up and – uh, putting his best foot forward, and when he does get that chance, uh, you know, I think that you know we'll see him do some pretty good stuff. What do you think he needs to work on the most to continue to improve and develop in the NFL? To put it in simplest terms possible, it's just understanding the throws he should and shouldn't make. Yeah, there, there yeah. are times where, and maybe this comes from that Purdue system that he was in uh, with Coach Brom, where it's just push the ball down the field at all costs. Uh, a lot of half-field half reads. Uh, but, you know, he was very aggressive with his arm. And so there are some of those windows that, you know, they expire a little quicker in the NFL. And so, uh, you know, just understanding the throws he should and shouldn't make, taking care of the football. Um, you know, he, he had double-digit uh, interceptions each of the last two years. So this is a guy that's, you know, not afraid 
to push the ball downfield. And, you know, sometimes that can mean testing coverages. And so it just, when in the NFL where everything's so much faster and, you know, those, you have to be quicker with what you're reading, you have to anticipate. Um, and he can do that. He can throw guys open. You know, I think he has a good sense for coverages and what the defense is trying to do. But just understanding the throws he should and should not make when to take chances, when to maybe live the, you know, play another play, that type of thing. Uh, just having a better understanding of that is where I think the coaches want to see a little more improvement out of him. Again, we're talking with Dane Brugler here from The Athletic on Raider Nation Radio 920, talking all things Aiden O'Connell. One thing that stood out to me about the young man was the fact that he stood in the pocket and – even when mm-hmm. the rush got near him, he didn't really flinch. He just go ahead and let the play develop and then deliver the ball, even taking a couple hits. Is that surprising to see from a rookie quarterback? Well, I mean, you saw it in college. That's what he did. You know, he, he will stare down the gun barrel and make plays. Um, and this is coming from a Purdue offense where there's a lot of five-man protections. And so like, he knew he didn't have uh, you know, a tight end helping block or a running back chip some of these blitzers. He, he before the snap, he had to understand. Okay, where is the pressure coming from? Uh, you know, what's my hot? What's uh, you know? Do, how quick do I need to be in my progressions to get this ball up and out? So uh, you know, I think he has a good sense for you know just that pocket presence and what he needs to do uh, to not take the sacks. And uh, you know, he is a very poised player in the pocket, and that's something that showed consistently in college. And you know what? So far, so good uh, in the NFL. And so you know, I, I think it's. It's part of what makes him uh, just a more mature player is that he gets a good understanding of uh, you know where to go with the football. He trusts himself, that confidence, uh, and, and he's, he's not scared to uh, you know hang in there and give his receivers a little more time for that route to develop. No, he's not. You know, And again, through two preseason games, and I always have to say that because they're still preseason games. They're not right, the regular right. season. But, you know, so far, so good. And, you know, a lot of Raider Nation is fired up and thinks that he could be the potential starter. And I don't want to say that right now, but I think that maybe a year with, you know, Jimmy G ahead of him and him being the backup quarterback could potentially develop into something. Do you see in this system with the head coach that they have, Josh McDaniels, him eventually developing into a franchise quarterback? You know, I, I did not evaluate him as that type of quarterback, but hey, I will gladly come back on here and say, man, I was wrong. You know, <laughs> I, because I, like I said, I, I'm rooting for him. I, I hope he gets the chance. Um, I, I do. The, the lack of mobility does worry me a little bit, uh, just in terms of those second chance plays, uh, being able to scramble, extend. Uh, you know, it's just, it's part of playing uh, quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it, the the few that have not, you know, you think about the Tom Brady's and the. the those guys are more of the exception than the rule. Um, so can he uh, compensate for that? And I, I think he can, but to a point. And so uh, I, with me, I graded him as a uh, backup-level player, spot starter, guy that can come in, help you win games. If your starter's out for two weeks, uh, it's not an automatic 0-2. You know, right. he, he can get you one-on-one, maybe even 2 and You know, he, he is a guy that uh, is just a really quality player uh, to have on your roster have in your quarterback room, he makes your team better. Uh, but to say he's going to be a starting quarterback that's going to help you go to the playoffs, I- I'm just I'm not there with him yet. But like I said, I am happy to come back on and say <laughs> I was wrong if he turns out to be that type of player. Yeah, there's nothing ever wrong with saying you're wrong. <laughs> I do it yeah. all the time. No. There's 
nothing wrong with saying you're wrong. And, you know, final question for you, Dane. As far as guys like Brock Purdy and now Aiden O'Connell and, and others, because, you know, Brock was drafted as the last player uh, in the 2022 draft, and did he kind of give a lot of guys that are later round picks, did he give them more hope that, you know what, this guy may be able to develop into a franchise quarterback? Because, look, look what that guy did. Yeah, I know. I think it, uh, it, you know, speaks obviously to the 49ers coaching staff and, and what they're able to do with, with him. Um, but, you know, it does make you maybe reevaluate a little bit of, okay, well, what did we miss on him that he's been so successful? And this is why going into year two with Brock Purdy, there's, there's a lot hanging on. Uh, this is a team expected to compete for uh, Super Bowls this year. And so what can he do in year two when defenses, they know what's coming with Brock Purdy? They, they have the tape. They, you know, with everything that happened last season. So uh, this would be a big step for Brock Purdy and to see what he can do and what does that mean for, you know, day three quarter. We saw more quarterbacks drafted on day three last year than we usually see. It was almost double digits. And so, you know, what does that mean for these quarterbacks? You know, Tyson Bajant in Chicago is doing a nice job this preseason. Um, you know, Seth Bennett's getting some run with the Rams. I mean, there's a lot of day three quarterbacks that are fighting for spots. And, you know, Brock Purdy and what he did last year, it's hard to, it's hard to ignore that. So, you know, a guy like Aiden O'Connell, um, you know, I, I think that he, the Raiders got a good one. And I think that I was even a little surprised he fell in the fourth round. I thought someone might scoop him up there in the, in the late third or even in, earlier in the fourth round. But the, the Raiders are lucky he fell to him. I, I think he makes them a much better team. Yeah, I think that he's in a good spot. I think uh, head coach Josh McDaniels really likes him, and so far I know Raider Nation likes him through two preseason games. Uh, fantastic stuff as always, Dane. You always have great breakdowns. Uh, the Beast is one of my favorites. All your work is really one of my favorites. But uh, what, what are you working on these days that we should be on the lookout for, preparing, I know, for next year's draft as well? Well, that's it. I, I've turned the page really in that working on next year's class. I've got previews. Uh, for each position on 2024 prospects uh, up on the athletic right now. And then my initial top 50 for the 2024 NFL draft comes out this week. Uh, and that's something I put a lot of time in because uh, that's the starting point. Yeah. That, that's where we get started. So hopefully people uh, check that out uh, up on the athletic. You know, I will be. I'll be all over it. I'll be checking it out for sure. And so, <laughs> so will we. You, like I said, you do great work, man. We definitely appreciate you. Thanks for taking some time for us this afternoon. Anytime. Thanks, man. There he goes right there. Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Great stuff. He does great breakdown. And as I told him, his, his draft guide, The Beast, is one of my favorites. It's my go-to all the time. So definitely appreciate him. I thought that was a really good breakdown on Aiden O'Connell. Guy, again, he had pegged as a fourth-round pick in his draft guide that came out before the draft. And clearly, he was onto something as the Raiders got him in round four. But what was most interesting about that conversation with Dane is what he said about day three quarterbacks and how many of them select, were selected because of Brock Purdy, in my opinion, now all of a sudden teams are getting a lot more of these day three guys, I believe, and seeing what they have in them. It's not a, it's not a bad thing, right? If you go and get Aiden O'Connell and he turns into something great, awesome. If he just turns into a backup, that's fine too. If he turns into something that's like not really a, a, anything in the league, well, you wasted a day three pick, not a first-round pick. So I think that – and it's not even waste. I, I shouldn't say waste. That sounds disrespectful. That's not what I, I mean. But you used a, a, third, a day three pick on him as opposed to a first-round pick, and it doesn't work out. Obviously, the contract value and everything is a lot more for an early-round pick than it is for a fourth or later-round pick. So uh, I think that you're going to see more teams moving forward select day three quarterbacks like you saw the Raiders select one Aiden O'Connell. I did want to get back to a couple of sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels from not only post game on Saturday, but also what he had to say to the media Sunday by way of Zoom. And one is about a guy that 
I've been asked about quite a bit, and I keep thinking, ah, he hasn't really shown up. He hasn't really done anything. All of a sudden, the last two preseason games, he showed up and he does some things. Talk about Malcolm Koontz, the former third-round pick for the Silver and Black. He's all of a sudden showing up on tape. I'm starting to like what I see. I don't know where he fits in, and I think it's a numbers game when it comes down to it, but he's one of those guys that could end up earning one of those spots on the 53-man roster when it's all said and done. Here's Coach McDaniels following the game, talking about Malcolm Koontz. Yeah, Malcolm's had a great attitude all year, and um, you know he's really grown uh, since we got here. Just overall, in terms of um, you know his how he how he plays the the position fundamentally and thinks about you know both run game, pass rush, etc. Um, you know, I don't you know I, I I'll have to see the film in order to be able to tell you you know how I felt like the overall thing went for him tonight. But uh, Malcolm's been disruptive. He's gotten better uh, over the two years we've been together. And uh, he's got a great attitude about it. So, you know, I expect him to you know, really compete and, and, and help us this year at that, at that spot. Could be a big week as well for Malcolm Kuntz, right? As I mentioned to Meek Robertson earlier in the show, uh, this week could be really big for him, final preseason game. I think Malcolm Kuntz has a, uh, an opportunity to earn that spot. And, again, early in training camp, I didn't think that he was really showing up, but he has shown up and really has started, I believe, that Sunday practice where they called it the, the correction day, the day that – Max Crosby was sitting out, and he didn't, he didn't participate. Malcolm Coons kind of played that Max Crosby role. I feel like ever since that Sunday, he's really started to show up quite a bit. And through two preseason games, I thought he's done a really good job. Uh, also on Saturday, to my surprise, found out this from Lincoln Kennedy pregame as I was doing the pregame show, that Jermaine Illuminor was going to start at the left tackle spot and Thayer Mumford at the right. And I thought, whoa, Jimmy G gets a start, and they have a switch up at the offensive line. All right, this ought to be interesting. Well, here's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about starting Illuminor at left and Mumford at the right spot. We just felt that give, giving those two guys an opportunity, they're competing at right tackle, and now they're both in the game at the same time for the, basically the entirety of the first half. So just gave us a great opportunity to, um, you know, evaluate those two guys. Um, you know, Jermaine has played on the left side before, played games for us last year on the left side. So it wasn't a brand-new thing for him, but um, he's practiced there some, and it's good to see those guys go out there and compete. And I think for the most part they did a good job. I really do. For the most part, I felt like the offensive line, whoever was out there, did a really good job. There's obviously moments where, uh, you know, as we saw what Brian uh, Hoyer get sacked, we saw Jimmy G get hurried, we saw Aiden O'Connell get hurried. Uh, love what I saw about those guys standing in the pocket and not not stressing out when, when the pocket started to, to collapse. And Brian Hoyer, I'd say that he held onto the ball way too long. He should have got rid of that ball. It just it took way too long. It's like he held it and held it and held it. And held it some more. And it's like, get rid of it. What are you doing? Like that clock, that alarm clock in his head that says, throw it, throw it, throw it. Should have been going off. I didn't know what he was waiting for. But he was like waiting for an open invitation. Like he was waiting for that email to come through that never came through. I don't know what it was. He held onto that ball for a long time. So, uh, really, I put more of that sack on Brian Hoyer for holding on to the rock. But I thought Aiden O'Connell stood tall in the pocket when he had pressure up the middle. And I thought Jimmy G did the same. So, for the most part, the offensive line, in my opinion, did a pretty good job. The running game, it wasn't they weren't as run heavy as they were in the first preseason game as they had less than 100 yards rushing. But for the most part, I thought Illuminor at the left spot and Mumford at the right spot did a pretty good job. Now, on to Sunday, uh, head coach Josh McDaniels met with us by way of Zoom. And uh, Vinny asked a question about Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs has been a, a conversation piece all over the media today uh, with Vinny's piece talking about that uh, circles along the NFL believe that Josh Jacobs is going to report sooner rather than later. He asked Josh McDaniel straight up, was there any update on Josh Jacobs? And 
How important was it to get into some action, you know, before that first week uh, against Denver? I don't have any new news on JJ. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I would say I think that it's important for every player. Uh, this is a national, it's a national football league. So it's not easy uh, to, uh, you know, go out there and just, you know, play games and, and do it at the speed and, and level that, uh, you know, you want to do it at unless you've really kind of had enough opportunity to get yourself ready to do that. Uh, we've talked, you know, uh, all year, you know, to our team about, you know, nothing carries over from one year to the next. You have to reestablish your uh, individual level of performance um, and collectively as a unit uh, and ultimately as a team, we have to establish and reestablish ourselves in terms of what we're going to be about. So, um, you know, whether it would be JJ or somebody else, it's the same thing. You know, uh, everybody's got to uh, have an opportunity to, to, to do that. Uh, get reacclimated to the pace, the speed of things, um, you know. But again, I have nothing. I have no new information on the whole situation. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels just talking about Josh Jacobs and you know his expectations. If he had any update, and he did not have any update. And again, Vinny put out the piece talking about there's folks that believe he's going to report sooner rather than later. But until he actually officially does, you know, it's just kind of a wait and see type process. I my only hope for Josh Jacobs is that he returns uh, sometime, if not this week early next week so he can start getting ready for the first week of the season. Uh, he won't be ready, in my opinion, to, to carry a heavy workload like 25 carries or, or more. I don't think that he'll be ready for that. But I don't think that that's, that's a bad thing because I think uh, Zamir White will be able to carry the rock you know, 10 to 12 times if need be. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, I would like to see him in camp sooner rather than later and, and be ready for week one. Uh, he plays really well against Denver. If you go back and look at the history of Josh Jacobs against the Broncos, he's done a great job. Would love to have – Number eight, not 28, but love to see number eight out there this year against Denver, especially since the Broncos wanted the Raiders week one. All right, well, you got them. You wanted them. You got them. See what the Raiders could do taking the trip to Denver. Uh, a couple more sound bites from head coach Josh Daniels, who met with us on Sunday by way of Zoom. And this is on Natani Mute and also linebacker Drake Thomas. Drake Thomas was everywhere. Let's not. We talked about the linebackers earlier. Drake Thomas and Curtis Bolton were all over the field. On Saturday, Drake Thomas actually led the team in tackles with 12. That dude, and Matt Mellon kept talking about him on the broadcast, this dude is always willing to get in there and make a tackle, throw his body in there and get busy. And when the great Matt Mellon talks about a, another linebacker and gives him high praises, that's something to pay attention to. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about Natani Mute and Drake Thomas, what they've been showing throughout the course of camp. Uh, Moot is, you know, he's um... – a guy that's we got, you know, last year during the course of the year and um, has really just worked hard to give himself an opportunity to compete in there. Um, you know, a physical player, um, you know, still learning all the ins and outs, but making progress, um, you know, and last night was another good opportunity for him to get a lot of experience and exposure in our system, um, you know, playing, uh, you know, playing against some decent players right off the bat and, uh, got a lot of snaps, so, um, you know, continuing to progress there. And Drake, um, you know, Drake, Drake's a guy that, um, you know, he's worked hard since he got here, um, you know, and, and you know, he's a, he's a guy who's an undersized guy, but he, he plays fast and physical, showed up in the kicking game last night multiple times, um, made a bunch of plays on defense. He f just has a knack of finding the ball. Um, you know, and he's he's a tough kid. So 
um, really giving himself an opportunity to compete. And that's why he's here. That's why we liked him after the draft. And, um, you know, we'll continue to try to see if he can progress here, uh, you know, as we as we head into the last couple of weeks here. Drake Thomas did a phenomenal job on Saturday. He really did. Um, you know, again, we have to, you know, always say that it's a preseason game. It's against backups, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But, again, given the opportunity to make a name for himself, I think he really did. A lot of people were pretty high on him before the preseason started, but I thought what he did on Saturday was really good. I just thought he really put a lot of good film out there uh, for everybody, for the whole NFL, not just the Raiders, but for the whole league is saying, hey, yeah, I belong. I can play in this league. Is he undersized? Absolutely. But, you know, you can't, you can't measure what's in his heart. That dude's got that dog in him, and uh, I'm excited to see what he has to do this upcoming week against the Dallas Cowboys. I think that he's, uh, you know, trying to earn that spot. I don't know if he's a practice squad guy or what. I don't know if he might get plucked off the practice squad if someone, if if the Raiders were to try to put him there. Who knows? But he's definitely making some noise and really showing that, you know, he he belongs in the NFL. The final soundbite I want you to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels is actually uh, two questions combined in one I asked Coach McDaniels about. And uh, one was Trey Tucker. He had the mistake that he made early in the game where he uh, fumbled the ball uh, in the end zone and then he decided he was going to take it out. He put the Raiders in bad field position and Brian Hoyer turned that into a pick six. And so, one, I put that on Brian Hoyer for a bad pass. Two, I put that on Trey Tucker for a bad decision. Right? The Raiders should have never been at the, in the field position that they were in. Once he fumbled that ball, he should have just took a knee. And he could have got the ball. He could have been you know, taken up to the 25 and have been good to go. But instead, he decided, to, well, I fumbled it. Let me go make a play. Now, so he made two bad, two bad plays on the same play. So the first one is about Trey Tucker, a learning moment from that decision, and then also the defense making plays in camp, and now the defense is also making plays during regular games. You know, Trey, like all young players, you know, they make a few mistakes, you know, in these games. And, and uh, we talked about it last night in the postgame. Um, either they do it right or they learn from the mistake. In either case, it's a positive in, in reality right now. Um, you know, so um, he had a couple things offensively and, and the one play in a kicking game where he, you know, I'm sure he's going to learn from that. And if that ever happens to him again, um, he'll make the right decision there. But I love his mental toughness. I love his attitude. Um, you know, that's football. You got to persevere. You're not going to play a perfect game most Sundays in our league. So, uh, to be able to come back from that and then make a, a handful of plays offensively to help us go down there, put the ball in. Then he had a couple of really nice returns as the game wore on. So tough kid mentally, tough kid physically. Um, and, you know, he's going to learn from all those mistakes and be better for it. Um, and then, uh, you know, the defense, again, we've talked about it all year. If you, you know, if you do the right things and you close the space and the rush works with the coverage and the coverage works with the rush, usually give yourself a chance to be around the ball. And before you can start turning the ball over, you got to get close. And so uh, we're really trying to track attempts and close space in the passing game, make efforts to get the ball out when we get near the, the runner, um, you know, in terms of creating fumbles and those kind of things, um, you know, and, and excited to see Isaiah make a good play yesterday on that. And again, you know, you got to be able to capitalize on an offensive mistake and, um, it wasn't a super hard play, but, uh, you know, he, he, he made the catch and, and, and then he made a good return and we did a decent job of blocking for him, escorting him to the end zone. So, um, you know, happy for our guys whenever they make plays and uh, looking, you know, looking for our defense to continue to try to make that a point of emphasis. 
So there you go. Head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Trey Tucker, also talking about the defense making plays. And that's what is a positive for me is that I see it in camp. I see it in practice, and I'm starting to see it translate to games. Two games so far, uh, the multiple times the Raiders have come up with the ball. Right, interceptions in, in two games in a row. Uh, they had a fumble re- recovery. They forced a fumble in, in the game against San Francisco, also recovered it, put themselves in good position to punch it in. And, of course, they got the pick six on Saturday and, and getting to the quarterback as well. Again, all positives, all good building blocks for this Raiders team. We want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. The 33rdteam.com, they just sent me some audio over that uh, Rich Gannon, some stuff that Rich Gannon had to say about the Raiders, his beloved Raiders, his words, not mine. We'll hear that, plus we'll hear from you next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Questions that we threw out there today, dobybroke.com, text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Or the listener line at 702-365-9200. You can chime in at any point of the show. Should Aiden O'Connell be the backup quarterback? Has he earned that spot, in your opinion? The, the, the spot might not matter. Number two, number three might not matter, right, depending on how Coach McDaniels wants to play this out. But just throwing it out there, just want to get your thoughts on what you've seen from the young man so far through two preseason games. Also, what is the national assumption – about the Raiders that you believe is wrong? When I was asked that question, I said the assumption is the Raiders roster is not better than last year's. I believe it is. For what head coach Josh McDaniels wants to do, for what Patrick Graham wants to do, what this organization wants to do. From a standard point of view, from a culture point of view, from an understanding of the game plan point of view, I do believe it's better. They have pieces that fit with what they want to do. And having the right pieces goes a long way in getting the job done at a high level. Going to the don'tbebroke.com text line. This one's from Mark in Jersey. He says, I'm leaning in the direction of a of Aiden O'Connell for quarterback two, but I need to see this final preseason game to make my decision. Either was either was Hoyer makes a team. My decision to make my decision either was Hoyer makes a team. Well, that text got a little messed up at the end, but I kind of get the gist of it. You want to see what Aiden O'Connell has to do in uh, preseason game number three against the Cowboys. And I do think that Brian Hoyer makes a team. Like, I don't want to make it seem like he's not uh, in position for that. I think that he plays a good role. And that's really, in my opinion, more of coaching up Aiden O'Connell and kind of helping him, you know, figure out the game. And, and, okay, hey, this is what the read is supposed to be here. And this is what, you know, Coach McDaniels is looking for because he knows it like the back of his hand. So while – Coach is working on the game plan with Jimmy G, and Jimmy G is working on getting on the same page with his weapons. That's when Brian Hoyer could be in the ear of Aiden O'Connell. Brian Hoyer knows what his job is. He knows what the assignment is. He's there to help coach up the young fella and be that kind of coach on the field. So I don't want to make it sound like I don't think he belongs uh, have a roster spot. I just think that in case of emergency, if Jimmy G goes down, I think a lot of Raider Nation, and I know I would, be more comfortable with Aiden O'Connell going out there and, and playing, and I think that he would do a good job. And this – might mean that he doesn't even know the whole playbook yet. I'm sure he doesn't. That's an extensive playbook. But I think that he knows enough where he could, you know, he could absolutely survive, right? He's not going to wow you, but he's not. I don't think he's going to hurt you in a major way either. Uh, let's see. What else did we get? Got a couple more texts that I wanted to get to real quick. This one's from Vegas Pete. I think Jacobs is being selfish, still holding out. I'm okay with White and Abdullah and Bolden at running back. Our quarterback and wideouts and tight ends will carry the heavy load. Zeus don't break as many tackles, but he's great and always falls forward. 
will win throwing the ball this year 60 to 70% of the time. If Jacob signs late, comes in out of shape, don't those guys always get hurt, Q? Take the, fir- take the first round pick if an NFC team offers, in my opinion. That's from Vegas Pete. And I don't think he's being selfish. I think he's got to do what he's got to do. I think every single one of us, if in that position, would do the same thing or should do the same thing. Uh, he's a guy that when the Raiders needed an identity, he became their identity last year. He touched the ball 390-something times, right? I mean, he really put in the work after not getting his fifth-year option picked up. So I think that it's okay for him to try to get as much money as possible. I encourage every player in the NFL to get as much money as possible because once it's done, it's done. Uh, but, yeah, I would like to see him, as I mentioned, in camp sooner rather than later because of what you said. A lot of times when guys don't show up to camp and they just show up for regular season, they do end up getting hurt. That That is my one concern. I will say that, and, and I don't want uh, Josh Jacobs to be that guy. I'm hoping that he gets back sometime this week, maybe very early next week at the latest, so he can at least get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of attention and get hit a couple times, and at least in training camp. If it's not going to be preseason action, at least get hit in training camp to be able to uh, – you know, to be able to kind of get acclimated to football activities as opposed to just going out there and working. But I'll really never tell these guys selfish. The only time I'll ever call them selfish is if, like, there's a contract holdout every year, <laughs> right? And there's certain guys that do that, like DeAndre Hopkins, for example. Like, every year it's like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins wants a new contract. Didn't he just sign a new contract extension? Like, at some point, I get it. But, look, Josh didn't get his fifth-year option picked up, so he's a free agent. You know, they hit him with the franchise tag, so, okay, he's trying to get the most money. I, I don't think there's anything selfish about that. I think he's he's going to try to get everything that he feels like he has earned and then some, and I'm never, I'm never, ever mad about that. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. You can keep those coming at 69187, keyword R&R, and also 702-365-9200. On the pregame show, I had an opportunity to talk to Maurice Jones-Drew. Of course, he was a longtime NFL running back. He played with the Silver and Black. He's a Bay Area native. And I asked him about the question. And the reason I asked this question about the direction of the team is when Derek Carr was sat down and then Derek Carr was uh, eventually cut and released from the team and he makes his way to New Orleans, MJD was very critical of the Raiders. You know, a lot of people have been very, very critical, and I'm talking about national assumption, right? Throughout the question about national assumption, uh, you know, what, what is about the Raiders that's wrong? He was very critical of what the hell are they doing? What are they doing there with the Raiders? Well, I asked him the question, not in a way to try to set him up as we were on the Raiders broadcast, but just, hey, what do you think of it now that you've actually had an opportunity to see what direction they're going? You know, at first I was obviously a little uh, frustrated with the Derek Carr thing as a Raiders fan and a player and a guy that played with Derek when he was a rookie and saw what he was able to do for this franchise, you know, going from Oakland to Vegas and keeping him in contention, going to the playoffs, uh, you know, taking him to the playoffs the one year where he gets hurt against the Colts and then obviously against the Bengals. That was always tough to see. But as you see this roster start to unfold, uh, it, it looks like it's, it could be a contender, right? You're going to need some, You're gonna need a piece. Right, I know. We, I don't know if we talk about that piece still in Vegas, but <laughs> Josh Jacobs is going to need to right. come back to be able to run the ball a little bit. Jimmy G plays better with a strong running game, as you saw that with San Francisco. He's a winner. If he has a running game, he'll get you in contention, and he'll be able to make a play in the fourth quarter. Um, and I think that's you know what obviously he's done in his, his career and what what kind of the had the Raiders excited about him, and plus they were familiar with him as well. But uh, when you look at it, you know. Devontae Adams is going to do his thing. Hunter Renfro is going to be a baller for you. Jacoby Myers is going to make plays. Uh, Keelan Cole's a guy I know from Jacksonville that's been a really good player. 
Uh, Austin Hooper went to the great De La Salle High School. I know you guys in Vegas know about him. We went down there and gave Bishop yep. Gorman some work. <laughs> you know, um, and he's a, he's a he's a classmate of one of my my good friends as well. So it's always good to see that. But when you look at it as a whole, you look at the, the defensive pieces and everything. There, there, there's something there, and, and I think just like anything else, it's how quickly you can improve throughout the season and not make the same mistake twice. And, and to be honest, last year, I mean, they had the Super Bowl champions down to the wire in that first game. They should have won it. So uh, I know they're excited about it, and I know David Long Jr., who's been with the Rams, he's a really good corner. So that, they, they got some guys there that they're trying to figure out defensively, but if they can figure it out, they'll be tough to stop. Just wanted to pass that along. I thought that that was good to hear. Again, a guy very critical of this Raiders team. His words, you heard him. He was very critical of the whole Derek Carr situation. He played with Derek. He saw the nine years of Carr. And this is not anything to bash Carr. It's just he now sees, okay, I get the direction. I understand. He mentioned eight, the eight piece. He was talking about Josh Jacobs. He definitely needs to be in the mix for this team to have have a chance. But you can see, and remember, MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew, he does national NFL coverage for NFL Network. He's on the Rams broadcast, on the Rams broadcast. And he gave some nice glowing reviews of what this Raiders team can be as he's observing from a distance. And I like to pass those along sometimes because it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change your opinion. It's okay to say, you know what, I don't know what the hell this team is doing. Then all of a sudden you see a couple games, you start to see some practices, and you start to say, okay, that's the plan that they have. Okay, I'm starting to understand what they're trying to achieve. Now, does preseason success mean that they're going to do that week one against Denver, week two against Buffalo, week three against Pittsburgh, week four against the Chargers? Not necessarily. But as MJD said, you want to see how quickly you can come together, how many times you don't make the same mistake twice. You do that, you start eliminating those mistakes, you start winning games. And again, this is not a team that was blown out every week last season. This is a team that just messed up in, in the wrong, the worst type situations many times last season that ultimately led to them losing games. If they could figure that out, eliminate the shooting themselves in the foot mistakes, this team could win some games. I had some Rich Gannon sound that I wanted to play from the 33rdteam.com. They just sent it over to me, but I'm going to hold on to it. I don't want to just rush it onto the air and then be like, all right, that was, the, that was Rich Gannon, bye. I want to have some time to marinate with it and talk about it. So we'll use that during the opening drive tomorrow. That'll be a little bit of a tease for tomorrow's show. I like to do that at times. But uh, I thought that was some really good stuff from MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew. 4.46 at the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, and Ari will hit us with reason or excuse as we close out the show on this Monday. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. And we'll jump right into reason or excuse. My man Ari will take over in a hot second, but I do want to address this text that we just got in from Raider Debater out of Oakland. Definitely appreciate you, Raider Debater. It's been a minute since we heard from you, but definitely appreciate you chiming in on the show. He said, what's up, Q? Aiden O'Connell as the backup? How about Aiden O'Connell should start over Jimmy G? I'm from the Bay and have seen a lot of Jimmy G play. The Niners have been actively trying to get rid of him the last two years. Wouldn't let Jimmy practice with the team during last training camp. This is from a team in the Niners that have been in Super Bowl contention the last two years. By week 10, Aiden O'Connell will be starting anyway, so let's get him ready now. O'Connell looks far better than Jimmy right now. That's Raider Debater from Oakland, and I won't spend a lot of time with this as we got to get to reason or excuse, but I'll just say this. Aiden O'Connell as a starting quarterback right now is not, a, is not part of the equation. He's not ready to be the starting quarterback. I believe he could be a, a backup quarterback right now. I do believe that he could be a number two, but 
he's not ready to be a starting quarterback right now. Remember, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We've seen two preseason games. And I think, by the way, Jimmy G looked pretty good in the four attempts that he had, the one drive that he's played. I'll take four for four and a touchdown drive every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I think he's looked pretty good. The guys like playing with him and playing for him. I think that that's a big deal. So uh, I understand what happened in San Francisco. I also understand that they didn't want him to get injured, just like the Raiders didn't want Derek to get injured. That's why they sat him down. That's why they publicly said that they were going to trade him, and nobody traded for him because of the shoulder injury. But he also was a good soldier where once they did need him, he just jumped right into action, didn't pout, didn't say, yeah, well, you were trying to move on from me, so take this, double birds to you. No, he said, all right, cool, it's my turn. So I understand the excitement. I understand what you're saying. Aiden O'Connell has looked good, but I think that it's only right to give Jimmy G the opportunity to show what he can do. He was brought in for a reason. I think that we need to just kind of slow the roll a little bit on the Aiden O'Connell hype train. It's going fast. Don't get me wrong. I get it. He's made me a believer. He's made me a believer he's a backup, not a starting head coach, not a starting quarterback right now. But thank you so much for that text. It's great to hear from you, brother. Go ahead, Ari. All right, let's do it. Uh, Browns kicker Cade York this uh, past Thursday was apparently sharing highlights of himself during the halftime of the Eagles game last Thursday, as I mentioned. He was feeling himself. Uh, Missed a field goal during the game twice, and he ended up deleting the post, obviously because of that. But the game ended in an 18-18 tie. Uh, Plus, York was given two chances to make the field goal because the Eagles were actually called for illegal formation after one of his misses. So, Browns lost because York was feeling himself too much and wanted to post on IG instead of focusing on the game which was winnable, reason or excuse. I mean, it was, it's an excuse that he missed the kicks because he was up there feeling himself. But the fact that he was up there feeling himself in a preseason game and sharing highlights, like, I mean, dude, you could wait till after the game to do that. You know, I mean, and it, it's crazy where everything is at right now where these guys are so in a hurry to get back to their phones and share something on social media. And, you know, it's so funny. I say this. I do that sometimes, too. Like, I'll – I'll be headed out somewhere, and me and the wife will be getting ready to go to dinner or something. I'll be like, hold on, let me re- respond to this tweet real quick. And I think everybody needs to get out of that habit. I know I do. It makes life a lot easier when I do. But for a guy that's in the moment, kicking in the game. Big moment. You know, I know it's 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 halftime, and he's doing his thing, but he went out there and missed two opportunities. You know what they always say, like, kickers are going to be kickers. It's great when a team has a good one. Luckily for the Raiders, they have a great one. And Daniel Carlson. So, but it's an excuse why he missed the kick. He just flat out missed them. Yeah. Carlson would never, by the way. The cash money Carlson <laughs> for a reason, brother. That's right. All right. Uh, when asked by Gilbert Arenas, are you the greatest point guard ever? Steph Curry said yes. He said it is. He assumed that's because it's between him and Magic Johnson. He showed love to Magic and was honored. Uh, he was honored that he was said that, but also said that this is how he's supposed to respond if he is, in fact, the best. It's a good open debate to me if you ask me. There's both sides. But Arena's basically said that if we're going to go by stats, it's magic. But when it comes to influence and who kids are trying to emulate, it's Steph for sure. I can't really make an argument for either myself, but I can tell you it's 2023. Curry is currently still one of the top five players in the NBA as we speak. And Magic retired in 96. So I think that's relevant. Uh, one's influence is of greater importance than one's stats when speaking on who a GOAT is. Reason or excuse? No, I think that's valid reasons. I mean, look, if, if Steph Curry's asked who's the greatest of all time in his position, he's supposed to say him. If you don't believe – I think I'm the best radio host ever. I know I'm not, but it, that's how my mind thinks because it's supposed to. If you don't think that, then what are we doing, right? And he has, to his credit, he has influenced the game like Michael Jordan influenced the game as far as playing above the rim. And I know there's others. Don't get me wrong. Don't start texting in, screaming at me about Dr. J and others. I get it. 
But he had definitely has changed the game. Nobody was shooting three-pointers like they're shooting three-pointers until Steph came along. Let's not get that twisted. You ain't got to be a Warrior fan to admit that. I'll Steph has it. changed the game, and guys that look like me as far as size and look like Ari as far as size can now play the game of NBA or the NBA game and feel confident that they can do it because of Steph Curry. It's Radio 920. We'll holler at you tomorrow.